Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. to the one, the only, L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. I am your host, Mr. Scott Cahill, a.k.a. The Hip Check, and uh, we are going to bask glorious as our beloved L.A. Kings uh, defeat the Calgary Flames in overtime, 3-2. to two. Uh, No words can describe how big this win was. The loss uh, really much uh, sinks the Kings into the quagmire, uh, but a win Definitely gives us a little hope as the all-star break looms. And here to talk about it is my good friend and L.A. King super fan, Mr. Augie Loya. Hey, Augie, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing, I'll tell you right now, what a difference 24 hours makes. Because if you would have asked me that question last night, the answer would have been way different than it is tonight. And the way that I am tonight is relieved. Totally Indeed. relieved. I think you and every other L.A. Kings fan is in that same boat, bar none. Because you you said it best, Augie. I mean, really, how beleaguered were we, you know, last night just after a pathetic effort in Vancouver. And uh, with this win, not only, once again, does it give you that glimmer of hope, but with uh, the all-star break, uh, gives everybody a little bit of rest. They can look at the standings, regroup, and... uh, come back to the table and try to make one last run for a playoff spot. And so uh, really a collective sigh of relief and a collective exhale uh, from LA Kings fans across the world. Right. Oh, completely. It's uh, this was uh, this was a win because lately, I mean, Calgary has just had our number. They have been, uh, they have been just a thorn in our side and, uh, they have uh, gotten into the heads of uh, some of our players out there, and I mean, we'll we'll break it down a little further and uh, and give a little more uh, uh, observation of uh, what was of what was going on and what we saw, and uh, and go from there with it. And as a matter of fact, right now, uh, the LA Kings insider John Rosen is interviewing uh, Darcy Kemper, who just was fantastic tonight. Twenty six of uh, twenty seven shots, uh, he stopped. So uh, at that point, uh, I give it to you, Hip, and let's start uh, breaking this down.
Hip check, you there? Oh, did hip disappear? Or did I disappear? Can you hear me? Okay. Now I can hear you, hip. All right. All right. Sorry about that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we were can you hear me? like, that was our, yeah, I can hear you. You know what? You just messed up our entry for the best podcast in Los Angeles. Yeah, this was going to be the entry, the perfect <laughs> one. It had the perfect handoff to you and everything. You had one job hit, and you blew it. <laughs> you know, my uh, technology, uh, my technical prowess that I've been come to uh, become famous for, right? Yep. We know. We know it well. Indeed. All <laughs> right. Well, let's just get right into it. As a matter of fact, why don't we, uh, in a rarity, because we want to break this down, uh, let's just go right to our, our three stars because uh, – uh, and, and let's just even roll it out right now because, uh, I mean, it was a good game. A lot of Kings had a lot of strong games, but I think there's no question at all. Yeah, Darcy Kemper. I mean, when uh, when the things were bleak – and Calgary had their mojo. Uh, he fortunately was there to shut the door. And without his performance tonight, there's no way the Kings get this win. And uh, as there was news today that uh, Jonathan Quick is nursing an injury, it kind of begets the question is uh, if Quick was nursing an injury this whole time and maybe uh, justifying uh, his, uh, you know, substandard play is late, why hasn't Kemper got more games? Uh, Augie, I mean, really, that is, is that not the fairest, most honest question? If the Kings did indeed know that uh, Quick had some type of injury, it's not as if Kemper was, uh, you know, like Zatkoff of last year where you were afraid to go with him. You know, he was, uh, he's been solid all year. I mean, I can't really think of any games where, you know, that stood out where he's been horrific. And when we look at Jonathan Quick's last couple of games, definitely uh, when we look at a game-by-game basis at his save percentage and things like that, I mean, uh, you know, Kemper's uh, goals against is better. Save percentage is better. Is it a smaller uh, scale? Absolutely. But if that is the fact that Jonathan Quick indeed had an injury, does it baffle you, Augie, that they they didn't let Kemper, they haven't let Kemper – play more games given uh, especially the fact once again uh, when we look at quicks uh, you know last uh, last couple of games it's not been that solid you know he he hasn't been i mean played fantastic uh, against the ducks in a losing effort played fantastic against the rangers but a couple of soft goals in a lot of different games before that uh, go ahead reaction i uh, did you see his reaction last night when they went to try to pull him out of the game? Where, uh, and I mean, not all of that was on quick by any stretch of the imagination, but I just it was it was really painful to watch. And the whole thing is, a guy like that who's so competitive, I, that guy, who knows what he plays through? I, I don't know. Well, nobody knows. Yeah. But uh, good, the only thing good, I can good. say is that I. I don't think that's an easy conversation to have with him because the guy's so intense. <laughs> I, I mean, how do you go to him and say, "Yeah, hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna put"? I mean, just Kemper, like he was on the, he was he was out there getting ready to take the ice, and and Quick's like, "No, no, no." I mean, and this is a guy. I mean, Jonathan Quick is your hoss, man. That's your 
that's your guy right there. And uh, you got to be able to, uh, I guess, once in a while, he, he's I, he just he wasn't having any of it. So yeah, you go tell him that uh, he can't go uh, out there. <laughs> I mean, think about this. Here's the conspiracy theory, right? Okay, quick, we not, we want to give you a rest. You're not going to the All-Star Gate, which means you're automatically suspended for one day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, we can maybe talk about that a little bit later. But really, when you look at uh, Quick's last couple of games, a uh, save percentage, 902 in uh, in Calgary back on uh, the 4th, uh, 800 against Nashville, 857 against the Ducks uh, in Incarnation Round 1. Uh, .903 against Pittsburgh. Uh, once again, last couple games, very solid. Uh, 935 against the Ducks, 913 against the Rangers. But then uh, last night, really uh, just an aberration, .737. So there you go. But you know what? Once again, let's uh, keep moving forward because there's a lot of great things in this game, and uh, we don't even know when we talk about other star players. Uh, it's, it's really hard to choose because uh, – so many players stepped up. And I guess before we, we, we talk about the players on the ice, uh, Nick Shore, a healthy scratch, Augie. Uh, once again, uh, reaction. Do you think that was, uh, once again, any indicator of his play? Or do you think that's just Stevens uh, kind of rolling the dice a little bit and trying to get a different look and different chemistry? Uh, I think when that happened, uh, there was wine bottles uh, opened in your home. I think there was a ribeye steak put on the barbecue grill. I think that there was uh, a celebrate the scratch of shore going on me. It ruined my night because I love Nick Shore. I'm part of the leave Nick alone movement. Uh, Hey, it came to the point where you got to do something. And Shorzy is really liked in that locker room. I mean, when we, when I get to watch him play soccer down there in the tunnel, he's one of the guys that that's in there and that everyone is laughing and cracking up around with, but, uh, they had to do something and they had to change something up and hopefully they're able to build on it because, I mean, Calgary's been hot lately. So this isn't like they struggled to beat the, uh, the coyotes or, or that they struggled to beat some downtrodden team. I mean, they beat a quality team at home. They got this was a quality win. As far as uh, Nick Shore getting a scratch for tonight, uh, maybe he was kind of the sacrificial lamb. Uh, but the way that that Amadio has been playing, how are you going to sit him? Uh, I Apollo yeah. had some great looks, and as a matter of fact, I mean, he got robbed by Smith point blank in the slot tonight. Uh, how are you going to sit him? Uh, so, mm-hmm. and Mitchell, I think Tory Mitchell, I mean, that guy, you put him out there and his motor is constantly going. How are you going to sit him? Mm-hmm. And you had to have Clifford and Andrew yep. out there to patrol and keep the cheap shots to a minimum uh, out there. So I think he was a logical scratch. I got no problem with it. I mean, I do, but I, 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 yep. I completely agree. I think, you know, I was, I was earlier, I was saying, you might want to put center Amadio between uh, Toffoli and Pearson just to see if uh, he can get those guys going and get some production out of it. And I know that's definitely a stretch because obviously uh, recalling Amadio from the AHL, they're still, they're still, you know, monitoring his time. They're not going to put him into some situations where he won't succeed. And so, uh, so good for the Kings. I totally understand that. And I totally agree uh, with your thoughts uh, on Mitchell there as well. Uh, very hard, though, to, you know, really would, you know, obviously Kemper was amazing tonight. Without him, we do nothing. But 
a lot of great efforts. Uh, Kopitar had a, a really a, a rough start, very uncharacteristic. A uh, couple bad decisions with the puck. Looked like he was having uh, a hard time passing there, but once he warmed up, uh, really came into uh, his element once again, particularly in the face-off circle. Uh, 22 of 37. Uh, the, the only king really above 50%, uh, really. The uh, next guy was actually uh, the aforementioned Tory Mitchell, uh, who was 5 of uh, 10 for uh, 50%. Everybody else uh, was below. But uh, it looked like once Kopitar got his legs going there as the game went on, he got better as the game went on. So he was definitely a, a key performer. Uh, and also, too, the, you know, a couple other players that I, I wanted to talk about. But really uh, – the absence of Muzzin and now without Muzzin back, uh, you can really appreciate what he brings to the team. And he is a legit top four defenseman. And once again, provided he could uh, make good decisions with the puck, he is going to be, uh, once again, a solid, solid uh, NHL player. And you can see now that he is back, really just what he brings to the team. And uh, again, I mean, really, you, you, if you, you had to choose between Martinez and Muzzin, you had to choose one. Uh, you had to let one go. I'm pretty much thinking most people would probably, you know, I don't know. What, what do you think? Who, who do you think is better if you had to choose between Martinez and Muzzin? I think that they're, uh, I think they bring a lot of similar things to the table. The one thing, the one thing that Martinez brings, he is one of the most clutch performers I have ever seen. When there's a big moment to be had, he rises to it. And, and to me, that's sort of the tiebreaker that goes on between those two. Uh, luckily, we don't have to make any choices on that anytime soon. But if I had to choose between one of the two, I would keep Martinez just because of that extra that extra little bit that he brings over Muzzin and his, uh, his ability to, to make less mistakes. Now, let us not forget that he also did chip one over the boards tonight with 2.8 seconds left in the first period, which was completely unnecessary, taking an unnecessary penalty. But with that said, I, I think that Muzzin actually put on Martinez's jersey and did that in his stead. And uh, <laughs> nobody recognized that it was actually Muzzin wearing number 27 because that was such a just – yeah, not a Martinez thing to do. But, uh, no, if I had to choose between them, that, that's who I would go with is Alec. And fair I, I enough, like fair enough. Them. I like them both. So. Fair enough, fair enough. By the way, uh, Jeff Tuarte is just posted uh, in the half-glassful uh, style that Jeff's been uh, come to know and, known and loved by. Uh, two wins in the last three games for the L.A. Kings. So there you go. Not a bad spin. And once again, with this win – Kings now tied uh, with Calgary in points for the third spot in the Pacific. Uh, Calgary does have one game in hand, but once again, it's nice to go into the uh, all-star break uh, knowing that you're at least tied uh, with Calgary. So, hey, let's go ahead. Uh, we got our caller on Jerry from Ohio. Before we continue our conversation, we'll bust it over to Jerry. How are you doing tonight, Jerry? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. That was uh, right on. Was a that. weird second period. It was a weird second period with all those penalties. Yeah, in- indeed, right. and uh, a lot of weird penalties too. You know, uh, I-, I don't know. I don't want to take too much time, but I was looking at you know Dowdy kind of when you know was miffed and tossed his stick in the air. 
But really, is there right. any doubt? There's no way any ref calls that 10 years ago. Maybe if he throws his stick at a player or does a tomahawk throw into the crowd, you know, anything dangerous. But right. he was obviously just a little bit flummoxed, and he just he just kind of <laughs> tossed it haphazardly up in, up in the air while rolling his eyes. So he got an extra penalty for that. It always kind of cracks me up how they call that penalty because they wouldn't have given two shits about that 10 years ago. But uh, continue. No. Um, I mean, while I'm grateful that we got the win and the extra point tonight, uh, I'm I'm still worried that they're not really dominating at any point in the game and we're still not getting the shots in the secondary scoring. I mean, we can't keep limping through the season on two goals a game. So, yeah, yeah. I guess well, what, you know, it's, what I I'm think concerned it's, about is, I think, go ahead. is that if this is the team that everybody predicted we were going to have at the start of the season, what didn't they learn from the beginning of the season that they're not doing now when they were winning? Well, uh, a, a couple of different things here that come into play is, first off, once again, you can't overlook the absence of Jeff Carter, really. I mean, realistically, no. you have a Carter on this team all, all season. How many – I mean, you're talking probably a, an 8- to 10-point swing on the on the standings. You know, do you think Carter's worth at least probably three wins and maybe a couple of ties? Hell, yeah. You know, so I think um, what you're looking at, Jerry, is really, you know, we you, you got to hope the Kings can plug along, stay in the hunt until Carter comes back. I mean, now they're projecting he's closer. They're starting to say now uh, – mid to the end February is what I'm saying. And and Augie, right. you're always there at Toyota Sports Center. Uh, are you hearing any, maybe anything more concrete as far as a, a time that he might be back? No, nothing concrete at all. It's uh, what it all comes down to with him is right now, just the fact that he's out there on the ice doing very light skating on his own. Uh, it, it's his recovery time. It's his, uh, his ability to gain flexibility in his uh, in his ankle in the part where it's surgically repaired, because there's a point where uh, you're going to get scar tissue there, and you and you have to have that scar tissue kind of release and break up. And once that happens, I think that that's when you might see him start prepping for a return because you've got to strengthen everything. It's like he's going through training camp all over again, in a way but he's rehabbing from an injury instead of just trying to get his cardio and getting up to game speed. And that's what it is that you're looking at right now. And we don't know because this this is a very rare type of injury. I mean, we haven't seen it happen all that often. So uh, at this point, really, I'm just going to defer to the Kings and whatever they give us and whatever I get to see when I go out there. Now, to me, the encouraging sign will be when I see him out there in a red jersey. When I see him out there in a red no-contact jersey – then I'll be like, mm, okay, he's getting close. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, too, Jerry, you bring up some good points. And like I say, we talked about this earlier in the season, some real bright sides, though, because, once again, if we can get Carter back uh, while we're still in the hunt, he's really going to provide an instant spark, uh, really an emotional lift to the entire locker room. But more importantly – now you're going to be able to use uh, Adrian Kempe a little more creatively. And uh, because Kempe's really gotten now uh, just, you know, he's just tonight, for instance, uh, in tonight's game, uh, Kempe actually had 
over 16 minutes of ice time. I mean, that's pretty good ice time for a, a rookie Euro, you know, in the league. And so that's something that I was thinking, you know, once again, thinking how it could be a positive. You get Carter back, once again, it, it lifts up the entire team. He's an all-star, world-class player. But because now Kempe has had that taste, uh, you know, he's been consistent. He's been a great player. I mean, even tonight uh, was held off the scoreboard but you can see the maturation of Adrian Kempe from earlier in this season to now where it looks like Stevens is not afraid to use him really even in a defensive role and uh, both sides of the ice. I think he's obviously probably picking up things from Kopitar, but you're seeing that him slowly becoming really a legitimate NHL player before your eyes. And when Carter comes back, now you can uh, maybe put Kempe as a third-line uh, center, or once again, better yet, because of that speed, you can be creative and maybe bump him up uh, back on, on the wing with a Kopitar. Maybe you can put him with a Carter and a Toffoli. You know, there's all sorts of options that gives Stevens now that he just doesn't have now. All right. Are you a, are you a Kempe fan, Jerry? Oh, definitely, definitely. I love the way that kid's playing. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's I a, mean, he's got the he's got the speed we've been looking for. He uh, he seems to be very smart around the puck, and um, you know, I, I see nothing but upside with that kid because uh, he's been playing very well, and he's he's been forced yeah. the Carter injury forced him to to play a lot and play well. So yeah, he's definitely benefiting Once again, from that's it. A, you know. Yeah, it was it was it really was a blessing in disguise, you know. Provided Carter comes back, because realistically, uh, Jerry, you you know you're spot on. If Carter doesn't get injured, he's probably you know there's a good chance he might still be in Ontario right now, legitimately. And uh, you know, I mean, really, when when you think about it, you know, uh, Kempe's got uh, what uh, 16 goals this year, if I'm not mistaken, or 14 goals somewhere around there. Uh, but he's got more than Tanner Pearson, you know, tonight's all-star hero, you know. So that right. it just definitely speaks volumes of, of what he's brought to the team. Hey, uh, Jerry, I want to go ahead and let you go because we're going to try to do a quick show just by virtue that we uh, started late, and I got to get up early. But always appreciate your calls, man. Thank you so much. We, we love you. All right. Take care, guys. Talk to you later. Later, buddy. Take care. Bye. Augie, so uh, once again, do you pretty much agree with that assessment uh, that uh, – from the blessing in disguise department, you can see the the maturation of Kempe literally game by game at this point. Uh, definitely. And as a matter of fact, there's one other thing I want to point out about Kempe because we didn't uh, get a chance to talk about it yesterday uh, due to the fact that uh, Vancouver just not only did they destroy the Kings, but they also destroyed our blog talk radio streak uh, <laughs> with that effort. Uh, one of the things that Kempe did was in that, was in that Kings Rangers game. And at the end of the first period, Trevor Lewis got cheap-shotted by one of the Rangers. I think it was Smith. And who goes there and drops the gloves for his first career NHL fight? Adrian Kempe. And he, he more than held his own. He got some good licks in there. But the point is, without hesitation, he went and stuck up for his teammate. And that right there earns a lot, a lot of respect inside the room. And uh, I, I just cannot uh, – that that was huge. And that just shows the further, as you said, maturation of Adrian Kempe and his emergence this year. Uh, what a uh, – just 
what a breakout season for him. And uh, he's really seized the opportunity that he's received in order to establish himself in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, too, like at the beginning of the season, we did, you know, we did our projections and our prognostication here in the preseason and whatnot. And I don't think anybody thought that, uh, you know, Kempe would really have the, the type of season that he's having. Uh, you know, we have once again, 14 goals on the season right now, uh, fourth, uh, leading, you know, fourth overall in the Kings, which once again, you know, that he really, he wasn't a blip on our radar. I think when we did our preseason show, you know, he was kind of on the outside looking in, and we were kind of more talking about Ayafalo, uh as, as yeah. kind of that rookie to watch, you know. But so, awesome news, though, really. It is it is good to see. And speaking of Ayafalo, you're kind of seeing that same thing with him now. Earlier in the season, you know, obviously got off to a real strong start uh, with uh, Kopitar and Brown. Fell off a little bit, healthy scratched a little bit. But now it looks like, once again, he's got his legs under him, and uh He's definitely a, a, a difference maker, and uh, in tonight's game, he actually had uh, had uh, you know over 17 minutes of ice time. So it looks like he's doing what he did to get to the uh, the NHL and really going back to his game. Yeah, totally. He, we're we're seeing him, uh, and once again, he's a, he's a guy that's uh, out here, kind of in a. Uh, uh, trial by fire in the sense that we didn't know what we're going to get with him, and he's seen increasingly it's because of the injury to Carter. He's one of those guys that has stepped up in the absence of uh, of last year's. I mean, he, and Jeff Carter was the Kings' statistically best player last year. 32 goals, 34 uh, assists, I believe, uh, for 66 points. And uh, that's something that you really cannot uh, just easily replace. But And not that they've replaced him uh, or but what they've done is they've helped kind of cushion the blow. And uh, you don't, you don't just replace Jeff Carter, but you have different guys who get an opportunity, seize it, step up. And, uh, and he's one of those guys that has done that uh, thus far. And he, you, we're going to have our ups and downs with him. We're going to have our times where we're really happy with him. And it's going to be our times where he frustrates us, but that's part uh, that that's life in the NHL when you're not named Connor McDavid or uh, Austin Matthews. Indeed, indeed, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, once again, that's really what uh, we got to pray, you know, we got to pray, we can just hover, hover in the hunt, stay around that, uh, the wild card position, stay around the third place in the Pacific, and uh, hopefully Carter comes back and once again provides a a little spark, uh, boosts and bolsters the depth up the middle, everybody else kind of gets a reduced role, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Uh, some of the other things, though, that I wanted to chat about here, uh, 27 blocked shots tonight by our L.A. Kings. Uh, really, they're they're definitely paying the price, and you got to take their hat off uh, on that regard. Uh, what would you think about the play of Paul Ledoux? I mean, obviously, you kind of got beat there on the lone Calgary goal, but over, overall, uh, what letter grade do you give uh, Paul? I... Uh, I'd give him I'd give him a C for today. Uh, I didn't see anything that was extraordinary, but I also didn't see anything that made me go, "What's this guy doing here in the NHL?" Uh, I, yeah. I think it was kind of a pedestrian effort. But and what I mean, I should say, let me let me requalify that. I think it was a pedestrian result. Uh, I won't say the effort because I think the effort is always there on his part. But I think the result was just 
uh, okay, you just go out there, get through the game without uh, without doing anything stupid. And uh, it looks like that mission was accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, with time, he gets the, you know, you get more experience. There's just no, you know, it's just so funny in pro sports because, you know, a younger player is going to make mistakes, but on a professional sports level, you can't afford to make mistakes. You know, that margin for error is so razor thin. So it really helps, uh, it really helps magnify the coach's decision and uh, the general manager's decision on when are you going to call up a player and what position are you going to try to put that player in to succeed and not, you know, wreck his confidence or put him in a position to fail, you know, where he's going to be forever scarred. And uh, so, you know, it's just funny when you look at the, the way the game is played, that balancing act, right, between bringing in the players and when is the right time, but when is the right situation, you know? Yeah, and that that's where we see the mental toughness of these guys because, I mean, in the NHL, the the margin, everybody's good. Everybody is, is a competent uh, NHL-level player, so that's the mean. Uh, when it comes down to setting people apart is you have different levels of greatness and you have these d- different specialties of what certain guys can do and certain guys can't do. And then you've got your elite players. So for – I mean, all those kids that I saw at the prospect camp this past season, I just remember thinking to myself, man, all these kids are so good, and 85% of them won't even get a sniff in the NHL because they are not elite. Remember, this is, this is a, a league where uh, that's, what, that's what it is, nothing but elite talent all around you. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, uh, anyways, uh, definitely great, uh, huge victory tonight. Once again, it just keeps us in the hunt. I think uh, the uh, momentum we had earlier in the season is probably something that we're not going to see again until Carter comes back. And at this point, we just once again don't want to, you know, I don't expect we're going to light the world on fire again. I don't think without Carter we're going to go on a nine-game win streak. Uh, I hope we do, but the the reality says once again – Provided we can just hang around until Carter gets back is really going to be our uh, our bread and butter here. Uh, tons of games tomorrow, but uh, one of the other things that I wanted to chat about, and this is just really because it's related to the Pacific Division, uh, Joe Thornton suffered a major injury, and he is spo- expected to be out indefinitely. Uh, did you hear about this, Augie? Yes, I did. MCL. And I don't know if it was the same one that put him out uh, last season, but uh, right about now, how do you feel if you're San Jose and you just inked him to that contract uh, when he he was a free agent and came back? Uh, Because this team, uh, they revolve around Joe Thornton, and uh, he's he's the straw that stirs the drink over there. And he has been for years, uh, a leader in the locker room, leader on the ice, and a very smart player and obviously still skilled and producing at his age. So that's a huge loss uh, for the San Jose Sharks because, uh, once again, just like we can't replace uh, Jeff Carter readily, uh, there's really no replacing Joe Thornton over there and what he means to that franchise, uh, to, their, to their confidence and to their egos and to their, uh, to their psyche. Yeah, absolutely. And right now, to think San Jose just in second place, only two points 
uh, ahead of Calgary, two points ahead of the Kings, uh, four points again uh, ahead of Anaheim. I'm sure that they've got a, a couple more games against Anaheim coming up here. And so, uh, yeah, that's got to be uh, really sending shivers and shockwaves uh, down that locker room. You know, I bet you they're going to be able, and you, you see this, they'll be able to hang in for maybe two, three, four, five games but eventually that shoe drops, you know? And so as we go yeah. towards really what is ultimately crunch time, definitely not a bet, not, not the best time. I mean, there's no time to lose your best player, but now once again, we're at this point of the season where every team is going for it because everything's on the line and to lose your best player got to be a scary feeling for him. Definitely. He's uh Thornton's got 13 goals, 23 assists to 47 games and depending who you listen to because there are different media reports. Uh, some reports suggested that he's going to miss at least two weeks because of the MCL injury in his right leg. And then there, uh, and there, what they are waiting for is the results from his MRI exam to determine his recovery plan. Uh, from that standpoint, uh, you can be looking at some other people are reporting several weeks, other people are reporting indefinitely. So I think that they're still trying to put together what exactly this, what it is that they're dealing with here. Yeah. And once again, that makes it all. Yeah. And, and, and really if I'm a Sharks fan, that makes me all the more kind of unsure and uncomfortable. Right. You know, really like when they say, Oh yes, he, you know, had a knee sprain. We're expecting it's going to be four weeks. But once again, when you're hearing that many different reports coming out, it kind of leads you to suspect that it's probably far more serious than they're letting on. Yeah, this is probably one of that uh, aspect of NHL gamesmanship where they just say, uh, up, in this case, they didn't say just lower body injury. I mean, they actually gave you the specific body part, which was shocking to me. <laughs> they actually did that. So uh, I, I, was very, uh, I, I was very floored by that because I didn't think that uh, they were going to do that. But uh, I guess that cat uh, may have gotten out of the bag before they could contain it. And it's like, yeah, okay, he's a... Uh, yeah, it's MCL. So, uh, yeah, that does indicate to me that it's pretty serious, and uh, they're obviously not quite sure what to expect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, definitely going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what happens there. And once again, you know, you never want to see a player injured. You just don't. It's bad karma. And, and, and besides, I know a lot of Kings hate Thornton because he's on the Sharks and hate Burns because they got big beards. But I'll be honest, man, I – when you watch interviews with uh, with Thornton or whatnot, and uh, dude, he's, he's I don't know, maybe I'm on the outside looking in, but dude, he seems like a totally effing cool guy to me. Yeah, they, he does too. And I mean, there's uh, I I really haven't had any any negative interaction with any NHL player that I can think of. Whenever I go try to get an autograph or a picture or something, uh, all the guys seem very accommodating and. Uh, I get, uh, I mean, you, you, you treat people with respect, they're going to give you respect back. And, uh, that's, yeah. that's one of those things there where, uh, uh, where you've got a player and you never like to see them get injured. Uh, never. Uh, and, uh, you just hope for the best for these guys and, uh, hopefully he's, uh, he's, he recovers soon. And, uh, and then that way, uh, when the Sharks are out of the playoffs, he has a nice long time to recover over the summer because he'll be off for April, May, June, July, August, all the way into September. Hopefully make a good return next season. There you go. I like. I see what you did there. Uh, you see what I did there, right? You see what I did there. <laughs> yes, 
I did. Well, well played. Well played Thank and very you. diplomatic. Uh, <laughs> next two games, uh, Tuesday after the All-Star break, King's going to be in Dallas. And uh, Thursday they will be in Nashville. So just a quick two-game roadie uh, before and doing one more monster trip. Uh, their next trip is really going to be their last super long road trip of the season. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven, count them, seven road games coming up in February. And hopefully we're going to be here to cover them all. And I don't see why we shouldn't be in a lot of those games, our East Coast games and whatnot. So, uh, but we will be back here Tuesday to talk all things L.A. Kings. And hopefully uh, we can get our mojo back against the Dallas Stars and uh, get another win and uh, keep, uh, once again, just a little bit of positive momentum going. Dallas right now, more points than the Kings, uh, 60 points, fourth place in the Central Division, uh, winners of their last two. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And, uh, Augie, let's go ahead. Been a long night, a good night, and uh, we'll end it up here. But uh, Actually, there's, ahead, there's one little thing. There is one little thing I wanted to talk about. As a matter of fact, can you do me a quick favor and tell me what the Kings' well, current record is today on January 24th, 2018? You can look that up. Current for record real for fast. our LA Kings. Yep, as of right now, 26, 18, and five for 57 points. Okay. Well, last season at this time. On January 24, 2017, we were coming off of a 3-1 to one win. Actually, wait, we were coming off of a win against the New Jersey Devils, 3-1, to one, giving us a record of 23-21-4. So Ooh. that's where we were at this point last season. And as a matter of fact, I think we finished eight points out of a playoff spot because I think you needed 94 to get in. I think the Kings finished with uh, 84 points. Uh, last season, either 84 or 86. I, I don't remember. I, I kind of half-assed looked it up today, but uh, but yeah, uh, at this time last year, the the road record the record was 23, 21, and four. So uh, they played. All uh, right. So yeah. Yeah. That was 48 games. So one more. They played one more game uh, this year than they did last year, but nonetheless, you're looking at a uh, at a at a swing of about 7 points uh, 7 point differential okay. so no that's a, a really good uh, a really good uh, observation and once again too to think that they've done it all without Jeff Carter you know once again uh, you have you have Jeff Carter on the roster all season long once again even if he's having a bad season you know he's probably at 10 goals right about now which is probably the difference in about you know, two or three different wins, which are actually now then with him in there would put the Kings in about second place in the division. And, you know, who knows if he has that pace he had last year, they might have been uh, fighting for, uh, you know, the Pacific Division lead. So really, really good obser- uh, astute observation there, Augie. And, and one other thing, Kings fans, wrap your head around this. Last season, at this point, on January 24th, 2017, that win over the New Jersey Devils was the first of five wins in a row. That's how quick things can change. That's how fast things can shift uh, in the NHL and in the race to get into the playoffs. Absolutely. And let's knock on wood that once again, maybe uh, this is a good harbinger. Maybe our Kings can roll off five in a row. How great would that be? Hey, Augie, uh, I'm going to go and let you go. Once again, been a long night, but I always – 
Love talking hockey with you, man. You have a wonderful night, and we'll be talking Tuesday, all right? All right, my friend. Till later, Kings fans. Enjoy the All-Star break. We'll see you on the way back. All righty. There we go. L.A. Kings superfan Augie Loya. And you know what? Why don't we go ahead and let uh, Derek Armstrong sign us off here tonight. L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. Kings winning in overtime 2-1. to one. Tanner Pearson, the overtime hero. Dowdy with a couple assists. Overall, uh, a big sigh of relief and breath of relief as our Kings get a much-needed win. Uh, good night, everybody. This is Derek Army Armstrong listening to L.A. Kings Road Talk. You're going to be closing this show with my good buddy, Elvis Presley, high as a kite on cocaine. Rock and roll never dies. Boom, shalak, lock, boom. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. Have a great night, buddy. God, thanks for me. Hey, woman, don't you treat me wrong. I'm in love with my Lord. Hey, hey, I don't know what I'll say. I don't know what I'll say. When you see me in misery, I'm all me, I'll be all right. Hey, hey, I don't know what I'll say. Fantastic, thank you. You're a beautiful audience, ladies and gentlemen, thank you.